Welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, my name's Lloyd Grolleman, I'm the Aussie Pastor and after 55 days, <laughs> I'm back and so are you auntie. Yeah, it's good to be back mate. Yeah, it's not like we're on holidays for 55 days but we have been away for 55 days. That's right. We just checked that didn't we? We did. <laughs> the last time I pressed go live was 55 days ago. Um, you have a good break? I had a great break, how about you? Yeah, I, had a real, I think you were away about three weeks. Yeah, I went north, I went south, I went east and I went west. No, I had a miserable break. Oh. Probably. Actually I know why you had a miserable break. Yeah, yeah, probably the worst holiday I've had in a long time. Didn't feel like a holiday. In fact, I felt like I was run over. I was saying at church this last week, <laughs> never one to not complain, Hunter, <laughs> when you get a chance. Felt like I'd been run over by a, one of those rollers, you know, that flattened the road down. My auntie died. Yep. Now, it's true she was 93 and full of years. But then my dad, just a bit, a few days really before my auntie died, had an accident. He's 83 and he fell over, went to hospital. He was in hospital for eight weeks, hunty. Mm. Couldn't stand up. Mm. Eventually, he's ended up in respite and probably full-time in a high-care nursing yeah, home. Very sad. Yeah, it is for him. It's very, you know, the, the last pages we write in any chapter of our life book, it's always difficult, isn't it? Yep. But you know, on the positive side, I did get to see family. Did you see family over Christmas? I did. It was great. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a Grolleman Christmas, so we all got together. It was a bit sobering because we had just lost Auntie Dossie. And she was not only just a good friend, she was actually a huge supporter of the Aussie past. Yeah, she too. was. Yeah. Yep. So we're going to miss her um, and her happy... Um, Outgoing personality, yeah, but she's she's gone to sleep, and she's waiting for the Lord to come. But it's good to be back, isn't it, mate? We've got a great program lined up this afternoon. Oh, I see, Hunty's already on the move. On the move. We've, had, we've <laughs> talked enough, and he's gonna he's gonna rush things. Well, on. I was, I was going to concur with you, and you said you you felt like you were an overbiased steamroller. I was going to say I agree because you look like it. <laughs> <laughs> no one can see me, so you can't see whether well Hunty's actually so. actually. We're making a podcast today and we're making a social media video and a YouTube clip from today's program. Well, YouTube clips. Clips, indeed. Yeah, if you actually want to see uh, little bits of the program, just go to the Aussie Pastor Facebook and or YouTube page. Fingers crossed we'll have some of the interviews today. We'll have them up later on this week. Maybe well, yeah, tonight. I was, was going to say, <laughs> it might be a bit ambitious. Don't, you'll be working till midnight if you do that, hunt. That's it. And, and there have been some big... It's not like we were on holidays for 55 days. No. I think we went away for just over three weeks, That's it. both of us. But yep. we've been back. We've been getting the Aussie Pastor ministry up and going. Tick... TikTok and Instagram. Tell me about that. Okay. Well, we've decided it's time to to move to where the millennials are. <laughs> Actually, I think there's a lot more than the millennials on there now. Lots of people hating Facebook. Look how much money Mark Zuckerberg's lost in the last few days. Yeah, I can see you're really upset about that. billion. I can see you're really upset about that too. Yeah. But we're, we're moving on to TikTok and... Instagram. Which only give us about 60 seconds, don't they? Yeah, I was reading today. They say that it'll take three minutes, but that's a new, that's a new evolution. Yeah, yeah, but not long. So no. we're going to do little short videos. Little and, short videos and then yeah. later on in the year, I don't, I don't know whether you're interested out there in Radio Land, but we're going to, about June, we reckon, we'll be up on Channel 7 with a, a 8.30am in the morning, it, it looks like, a, a national program right around the country. Yep. So together with the radio, and, and I think we worked out, we've got eight 
different programs. Yeah, we've got uh, Revelation. Seven are running. We've got seven programs running every week and one, which is our television production, that's kind of ongoing production. So we're putting out seven programs a week. Yeah, we'll be busy. Pray for us. Do you think? Do, did you think you were going to go through them? Then I was going to rattle through them. We're going to, do you think you could have got through it? I don't know. <laughs> well, on that note, I think we'll give everybody a warm welcome. Oh, yes. Hey, Auntie, I want to start for prayer. Well, thank you very much to our listeners who's on today. Ah, in a minute. All right. I want to yeah, start let's before pray. we go Indeed, any further. Yeah. Dear Lord, bless us now as we get into this program. May your Holy Spirit be with us, and may our listeners see glimpses of Jesus right the way through. Is my prayer in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So what is happening, Hunty? Well, we've got a very attractive young lady first up this afternoon. Two, actually. One that you... I like her very much. Like a lot. Yeah, that's my wife. That's Lizzie. right, that's your she's wife. Going to, yeah. She's going to just share a little bit more about her testimony, yes. what happened to her after she was baptised. Regular listeners will have heard her testimony last year, and we'll go over that just a tiny bit to remind people. Yep. But then she's going to talk about... The struggles she had after she gave her heart to Jesus. Yes. Okay. Things didn't exactly go right. No, I know some of that story. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And then we've got Hensley Gungadu, a very interesting topic he, today. He's a lecturer. He's a theology lecturer up at Avondale University. And yes. he's going to talk to us about uh, the Trinity. Yes, Pretty controversial amongst some people. Yes. If you don't know what the Trinity is, hang in there. I think you're going to find that really interesting. And then this next interview is very special. It is. Yep. Jeremy Heitman. She's just married. Yep. Beautiful young woman from the Philippines. Actually, she is a superstar over there. Right. And she's a singer. Right. And she loves the Lord. And she came over here and she married a young Aussie pastor. Not this, not me. That was a young Aussie pastor. <laughs> Thought I'd better say that. Yeah, good. A young, young, young Aussie pastor. Yep. They're living down in South Australia ministering. Yep. I want to talk to her about her life and her ministry as she really in some ways rebuilds it here in Australia, hunty. Hmm. And we're hoping to get those two up at... Uh, New hope in the not too distant future. So nice. wherever you are in Australia, we're glad you're here. Come for a ride with us this afternoon. It's going to be a good one. And I just pray and hope you'll see Jesus real clear. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Okay, Hunty, time for our news segment. It is. Hey, man, hasn't there been some news while we've been away? Yes. Unbelievable, really. Lots of news. Yeah, heaps and heaps of news. Uh, good things and bad things happening, That's really. Right. That's right. Um, and we're going to look at a... Well, I suppose today it's all pretty negative. In fact, I've, I've broken one of my rules today, Hunty. Uh-oh. I didn't put a positive news story oh, no. in there. Oh, dear. Okay, mate, what's the first one? Okay, well, I think... Um, let me see... What are we talking about? Oh, I'll help, I'll help you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, help you. I'll help you. I'll help you. Listeners are going to have to be pretty uh, patient with us today. It's about a Chinese girl oh, who right. uh, yep. is in the Chinese Olympic team, but she has a little bit of a different story. And the reason I put this in there was because she was actually a favourite to win the gold medal in the ice skating. Now, she's in the Chinese team ice skating to start off with. Afterwards, they do the singular competi- the single competi- competition. Yep. But she fell, so she fell twice, and she was just uh, attacked rapidly in Chinese social media. But I'll tell you what makes this story a little bit different, Hunty. What's that? She's an American. Yes, that's right. Born, Born in California. That's right. Yes. Brought up in America. A Chinese mother, an American father. Mm. Brought up through the American ice skating system. Trained by the Americans. Funded by the Americans. Was supposed to represent the Americans. Again, mm. born in America. Now, in a time of tension between China and America, when she decided 
I went and had a look at this girl's story. Yep. When she decided to go on to uh, represent China, and she actually, did you believe it, gave her American citizenship up, that was a big deal. Wow. So she gives her American citizenship up. She takes Chinese citizenship because you can't have both at once. She then gets selected on the Chinese team. So here's this American Chinese girl. And she goes to represent China, and I tell you, in her, both her skates, she made an absolute mess of it mm. and fell three times. Very sad. And she is just getting lambasted. She all. was devastated, too. She was thing. crying, yeah. weeping. Yep. As she came off, you could see terribly upset, and she's yep. just getting absolutely ripped apart yep. on Chinese social media. Correct. You know why I brought this up? Why is that? Because I thought it was a stark example, again, of the bullying that our young people suffer yes. on social media. Yes. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, look, I'm not picking on the Chinese. I'm, no. I'm not bringing them out because that bullying is right across the world in every culture amongst every people group. And we are losing young people, Hunty. They are suiciding. Mm. Mm. You know, in fact, to the, to the Chinese government's credit, they actually went in and demanded that those social media platforms take down their bullying and harassment. Yeah, it was a good thing too. It was a good thing. And they did take it down. Yeah. But it's too late. She's seen it. She's heard it. Yep. She, she, she's, she's been a part of it. And, and, you're, and, and I, you know, you can only guess at the damage that poor girl's going through. Yep. And, and I just want to encourage our listeners again. When you're on social media, and most of us are, and I know the challenge this can be, because I'm on social media, aren't you? Yes. Don't be nasty. No. Don't bully people. No. Watch your words. Pretend that the person is in front of you, you're looking them in the eye. That makes a difference, doesn't it, Hunty? Do you know what I do? There's this great meme I saw once. You know about. what? I've never seen you bully anyone on social no, media. No, This is a great meme I saw. And it said, do you remember that one kid in class that used to eat Perkins paste, used to eat glue? That's who you're arguing with. <laughs> I don't get it, but okay. Oh. I'm, I'm lost. Oh, so, so look, it's a joke, but yeah. we don't walk. We need, we need to walk in someone else's shoes before we know where they're coming from. Is that through. what that means? Well, no, in my particular case, it was just saying the person you're arguing with is stupid. <laughs> oh, dear, you're going to get <laughs> No, I said oh, the person in your class that ate Perkins paste, that's probably, you're probably arguing with. Uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Move, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Let's talk I, some sharks. I, I, I think the, yeah, the point of that, that whole thing was let's, let's be, be nice. Let's be nice and let's be gentle to people. Let's love everyone. On social media. Even mm. when, you know what? I got really cranky the other day. No. Yeah, I did. Aussie pastor? Yeah, on social media. I wasn't tell. the Aussie pastor. I was Lloyd Grolleman. Do tell. When the Australian Cricket Association oh. dropped the Australian coach so rudely. What a debacle. How many times I've written things and had to delete them? <laughs> and too often I've written things and didn't delete them. And I just, I really mean it. We need to be careful about what, about what we're saying on social media, even when we're talking about superstars, because they read it. Yes. And it hurts. Yes. And I, I really worry for that poor girl. Yep. You, despite what you may think about her changing allegiance from America to China, I worry about her. And, and we need to worry about what we say. Okay, honey. This next one, Bull Sharks in yes. Sydney Harbour. Yes. Uh, because of all the rain... Yep. Global, and global, global warming. And the warmer water temperatures. Can I say that? Global warming. Yes. Hunty's <laughs> uh. <laughs> not a, a great... Not that you disbelieve global warming. warming no, but I'm, because of all the rain... I'm on board. Okay. Hmm. It's flushed all the estuaries around Sydney out yes. into the harbour. Yes. And when it flushes the estuaries out, all the fish come out. Yep. 
big carp and all sorts of yes. things. And there's been an explosion of bull sharks in Sydney Harbour. Hungry, hungry, hungry bull sharks. Now, that bothers me because what is the problem with the bull shark, Hunty? Well, they like to nibble on sunbathers and water skiers. And nibble? Yes. <laughs> nibble with their two and a half metre. <laughs> They're actually the biggest man-eating shark the planet has. Yep. People think it's a great white. It's, it's not. It's the bull shark. Did you know the bull shark, there's more testosterone per square millimetre or per square inch than any other animal on the planet? Oh, dear. Yeah, so it means they're a really, really aggressive animal. And these bull sharks are in Sydney Harbour. They're huge, two, three metres long. They're aggressive and they're dangerous, and so we better be careful. We better. Yeah. Absolutely. And it has been a rough year for Australia, hasn't it? It has. I mean, we're only in February. We've had some... We've had mass floods out in the Northern Territory of South Australia. Ridiculous floods. The biggest, I think, we've just about ever seen out there. Is that right? That's right. They couldn't get the trucks with the food through, and there were food shortages, and people were getting into real trouble. And then over in Perth, our our long... And if you're in Perth, g'day. Yeah, g'day. We love yous. I know you've 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 uh, you've locked us out, but we still love they didn't you. Didn't lock out our firefighters. Oh, didn't they? They got no, through. They got through. Oh, okay. <laughs> we love you, Perth. We love you, Western Australia. In fact, Hunty and I are coming over there later. God willing, long as the Premier pulls down the border, we'll be there preaching uh, uh, up a storm in Western Australia later this year. Yep. But they've had heat waves and yep. heat like they've never had before, and massive bushfires. That's right. Sometimes on this side of the, the continent, we don't see altogether what's going on over there but they've had a rough uh, rough rough summer and mm-hmm. then we've had mm-hmm. a wet one haven't we we have yeah just lots and lots, lots of, of rain and, and it's like again the environment is turning upside down and nothing is normal anymore and we're really struggling mm. and this last one hunty this mm. last news story oh man I wish I put a good news story in today oh oh well I'll make sure I promise listeners next week I'll make sure I do yep this Russian war with Ukraine yeah what's that all about it's very serious. It is. I think Putin, the president of Russia, feels like he's being hemmed in yep. by NATO and he's making a stand. And I pray and hope that they don't go to war. Same. Because, you know, the Russians and the Ukrainians have weapons of such power mm. and are so destructive that the world has never seen them in play before. Well, and just yesterday they were, test, they were testing the nuclear weapons in their fighter jets. What, they were circling their borders. Wouldn't you hope that the world never goes oh, into yeah. a nuclear confrontation? Yeah. But it would be a massive war full of blood and mm. it, because the Ukrainians, what they're not saying on the news is there's 150,000 Russians on the border but over the other side waiting for them. Now, they're not equipped as well. But there's 250,000 Ukrainians. No, yeah. So you, you, you've got armies headed yes. up towards half a million people yep. clashing. That is going to be one massive war, and there's a lot of people on both sides going to die, and I think we need to pray mm, we do. that that conflict does not break open because it would impact even Australia. Yeah, it would. Um, and, and it just goes to remind me, you know, Jesus said at the end of time there'll be wars and there'll be rumours of wars, and I think when you look at what we've talked about today, Hunty, uh, the Chinese star... Suffering terrible mm. bullying, you know. Yep. Man's hearts uh, no longer full of mercy and grace. When when you look at the bull sharks and the change of the weather in Australia and the challenges that brings up, and then you look at the rumours of wars and the wars in the world today, it just reminds us that we need to keep looking up. Because I'll tell you what, Hunty, and I believe it. Yep. I was saying this to my dad in the car on the way over today yep. to the studio. You got to believe it. The signs tell us Jesus is coming soon. Amen. Listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. 
we're getting there, Hunty. Hey, that was we are. That was a little bit rough, that discussion, <laughs> as we try to get back into radio land again. But I enjoyed it with you, mate. Yeah, Thank me you. too. Me too. Um, this next song, or our first song this year, is a beautiful song. It is. We play it a little bit. One of my favourites. It's not I, not I, but through Christ. And it's sung, actually, and I've said this before, mm-hmm. by my son's teacher. Music teacher. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I don't know her name, to my shame. But <laughs> of the year. She, <laughs> she is uh, one of his teachers at high school, and we've been actually trying to get them to New Hope. They're not easy to get. But they sing some beautiful songs, yep. and this is one of them. Thank you. 
absolutely beautiful song. Yeah, yeah. beautiful song yeah. by um, City of Light. Yep. Not I, but Christ in me. And that would be the prayer of all of us as you have a born again, converted relationship with Jesus. Amen, for sure. The Holy Spirit comes inside of you, and it's all about Him, not you. Yep. Uh, our first guest for the year is my favourite person. <laughs> Her name is Liska Grolleman, and she's brought me more joy in life than even you, Hunty. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome, Liska. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Can you hear us really well? Yep. Liska and I got married on December 14. No, December 25, 2014. Oh, my goodness. You almost get into trouble. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, we got married twice, didn't That's we, Liz? That's right. Yep. We got married with our family up at, uh, um, where were we married? What was the name of that? Stuart Point. Not really Stuart's Point, more Scott's Head. Scott's Head. Scott's Head. Up on the head over the ocean. And Liska, i got to tell you, was just radiant that day. Mm. Very, very beautiful. To me you are, Lizzie. Thank you. And if you want to go into our podcast after this, you'll be able to see her because this is being, and you'll just see her having oh, a drink. And you'll see her having a little bit of a drink of water uh, there. Finishing of lunch. You shouldn't do that. I got you on, Lizzie, because we last year we had a little interview with you and we heard the first part of your story, how you were brought up mm-hmm. a Christian, but in a Muslim country, how you go to yeah. church on Sunday, some of the influences you had in your life, and then how you uh, met... Um, uh, an old man who did Bible studies with you. You ended up becoming a Seventh-day Adventist Sabbath keeper. Um, yeah. And we kind of ended the interview there. You're in Indonesia, you're in Jakarta. I want to take it up there because I actually reckon the best part of your life story is what we're going to talk about today, other than, of course, marrying me. <laughs> and we're not going to talk about that. That's the nice thing on the cake. <laughs> we might talk about that another That's day. That's the ultimate goal. <laughs> What, your ultimate goal or mine? <laughs> we, we might talk to Liska about the challenges of marrying, being married to Lloyd for, for the third part of the interview. <laughs> that, that can take a full program. <laughs> She's on fire today. Love it. So, Lizzie, let me ask you a few questions. Just a short interview today, but I want to know a little bit more about you. How old were you when you became a Seventh-day Adventist, were baptised? Twenty. Twenty-two. So you were young, 22 years of, of age. Now, I think yes. we went over this in the first interview, but were you alone? Were you the only one in your family that made a stand to become an Adventist? Yes. Yes, I was the only one. How easy was it to, be, to leave your church where you were going, where you had friends and family? How easy or how hard was it to leave your church and to actually join a new church and become a Sabbath-keeping Seventh-day Adventist in a Muslim country, in Jakarta, in, in Indonesia? Was that an easy thing or quite difficult or how did that go? Um, because I've been searching, so it was a long-thought decision. It's not like overnight. So it's 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 pretty easy because I, already, it's, I'm, I'm, I have sort of... I made up my mind already. Did you have friends in the new church you went to? Or did you just turn up cold and no, didn't know anybody? And okay, when I did the when I attended the Revelation seminars, it's run by a church. Yep. So after I got baptized the next Sabbath, I went to that church, yes. and I have knew some of them during that seminars. I actually have met them before, just few of them. When my auntie held a, like a Bible study at her place 
on Saturday afternoon, I wasn't, I haven't attended the church yet, but my auntie invited them to come to her place. She wasn't, your auntie wasn't an Adventist. <laughs> no, she's not. She was doing the Bible study. She actually never became an Adventist, is that correct? No. Just no. you, at that stage yeah. anyway. Yes. Yeah, go on. So, yeah, they so went. I got to know some of them already, and they're very friendly. Um, so when I attended the church the first time, I already know some people, and um, yeah, they are very friendly. They looked so after no you? Problem. Yes, yes. So I have no problem um, going to this new church. And we would hope that anyone listening today who's thinking about going to an Adventist church would have the experience you did. That they'd go in and the people would be friendly and welcome them. Yes, yes. And for Adventists, when you have someone coming to your church that you never met before, you never seen them before, make sure you approach them and talk to them. Don't wait for other people. Don't wait for the pastors or other people to talk. Just, you know, I'm not an outgoing person by nature, but I have I have to go out of my comfort zone to strike a conversation with a new person every Sabbath because otherwise, you know, that's when you feel you are welcome and you feel like it's a friendly church when someone comes to you, at least four people come to you and say hi, mm. you will get an impression that this is a, a friendly environment. So that's why now you do that every week because if you come to our church at New Hope, there is a fair chance that Liska will see you and come and say hi. Yes. Especially if you're female. I will say hi. I'm the first lady here. What's your name? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> now, um, you fell in love. You got married. Um, where did you live uh, to start off with? Was it in Jakarta? Yeah, we lived in Jakarta for one year, and then there was a riot in Indonesia, so we moved to Singapore. We lived there for... Uh, two years. They were happy years for you generally, weren't they, in Singapore? Uh, yeah, I love Singapore, yes. And you, you got one of your best friends still lives there? Yes. <laughs> in fact, she's the wife of the boss of the church in Singapore, I believe. <laughs> yeah, the mission president. Yeah, the president over Both there. Both of them are very, very good friends. Yeah, you, you, you've been to Japan with them and other places. Um, yeah. and, and so after that, uh, you moved back to Australia, and without going into it too much, unfortunately, your marriage failed, and you were left mm-hmm. with two little... Your husband moved out, of, or your ex-husband moved out of the country, and you were an Indonesian girl in Australia. Australia, could you speak English real well at the moment, then? I think living in Singapore prepared me for what come ahead. So you're in Australia, Australia. your marriage has just broken up, you've got two little boys, without saying too much, you're quite heavily in debt. How did you you feel and how did that go? Not my debts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was very stressful, it was very stressful. Um... It wasn't easy. How, how long had you been in Australia when your marriage failed? Okay. That happened, I think, about four years after I was here. So you'd been here for a little while. You'd established some connections and, and some roots. Uh, but did you find it difficult to survive? Um, the good thing about living in Australia is the government look after you when, you know... You're a single parent. 
yeah. when your husband leaves. Actually, Liska likes to say she had more money when she was a single mother than after she <laughs> married me. <laughs> that's, a, that's one of her favourite lines. <laughs> so was it a challenge to survive financially or not too bad? Um, initially, yes, it was very difficult. But then things started to get easier. I, I have, I had some people living with me to help me pay the rent. So you were very resourceful. You were very resourceful, actually. I yeah, had to. You, and you know, when you are desperate, you are when you are in a desperate situation, you become resourceful. <laughs> you couldn't pay the rent, and so how many borders did you have in the end? Oh my goodness! Three uh, at one stage. At three, three, yeah, three at one stage. Not always three, but yeah, three at one stage. <laughs> um, I have no problem living with people, so it's it's. I don't find it um, like hard. Some people, no matter how de- desperate they are financially, they they won't do that because they can't do that. For me, I'm fine. I'll tell you a funny <laughs> little story. The first time I... I don't think you know this one, Hunty. Oh. First first time I ever really noticed Lizka. Yeah. Um, and she was doing it tough. She's a bit she's a bit reticent to say it here, but she was doing it tough. And a request comes through for a food parcel from the church. You remember this, Lizzie? So I go and get yes. this food parcel, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll, I didn't know really who it was. And I said, well, what do you want? Do you remember what you said? You wanted spaghetti. So yeah. I thought, okay, that's fair enough. So I went and uh, so I went around and visited her at first, I think, and, and I, I remember being struck at this very good-looking woman. <laughs> yeah. And then I found out that she was alone, and I thought, and, and I was alone, and I thought, oh, wow. So then I, this is one of those times where I actually went and did the shop myself. Did you know that, Liska? And I spent over $300 on this food parcel. I filled it up. I got her everything. And I turned up as proud as punch with this food parcel that I had got her. I later thought about it and I thought, you know, this is church money. I've spent $300. I better not do that. So I ended up hunting paying for the food parcel myself because I felt guilty because I knew there was some other reasoning in here. So I give her this food parcel. I found out later. When she said she wanted spaghetti, I thought, yeah, okay. And I went and bought cans of spaghetti. What, what else would a good Aussie do? Oh, if no. You, you mean like baked beans and spaghetti? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bought about 12 cans of spaghetti. Oh, dear. <laughs> I found out later that wasn't the spaghetti you were after, Lizka. <laughs> no. I, wa- I wanted a dry spaghetti. Master. The one you cook from scratch. Right. I, think still, I think we've still got some of those cans in the cupboard to this day. <laughs> no, I think my voice it, you know, they never seen it before, so they, they, they were excited. <laughs> and, uh, they like it. But Liska wasn't excited, and very early on in their relationship, she let me know that food parcel was not up to scratch. Uh, okay, um, what place did God play in your survival, Lizzie? Say it again, sorry? What place did God play in your survival? Oh, oh very big. I think... Through, through it all, God is teaching me to rely on Him. Yeah. It initially it's hard because you tend to want to rely on your own strength, but you found out when you are cornered that the only safe place to go is 
to God. One of the things that struck so that's me. That's what I learned. One of the things that struck me about you when I met you was how close to God you were and how much you relied on Him. It was very heavy. Yeah, because I have no one else to go to. Yeah. And, and the, the bottom line is, and it may not have come over as clearly as it could have in this interview, you were really struggling financially. You had tremendous debts over your head. In fact, your debts were heavier than the money you were earning. Uh, you had yeah. you were renting a house you couldn't afford, and yeah. um, and yet it was a normal, just an average Aussie Sydney house. Uh, and yet, I think for two years, for two years, I was like really stressful. That's before. That's before I rely on God. And what made you rely on God? What made you decide? Well, life is tough. I'm just going to rely on God. <laughs> I actually pray about it. Okay, not. When I rely on him, I learn to trust him completely. Yeah. That was, I remember, that was beginning of 2008. Yeah. And it's just a decision you made, a choice, where you said, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm in such yeah, a place, I'm I, gonna, yeah. nowhere else to go, I'm going to rely on God. That's it. That's Did that give it. you peace? Yes, but still, not immediately, because God still wants to uh, shape you. Yeah. So, so even though it's tough, he makes sure I know that he's he cares that he's there for me. Have you got a just a short story you can tell us of God's goodness at this time? I don't know if I have told you this story at the previous recording. Doesn't matter, it's that long ago we've all forgotten. Tell us anyway, Liz. <laughs> when I had to sell this is the biggest one and the turning point how I learn to trust God when I had to um, there was a big money owing on the car I actually don't really remember the details of the story but I have to pay off this car and I have to come up with the money and I have to sell the other car to pay for this car so it was very stressful for one week I just have ulcer all over my mouth because I never had to face this sort of debts before and I gave time to the leasing company. I said, I'm, gonna, I'm selling my car. Uh, I'll ring you on Monday. So this was it's a like Friday, was it? Yeah, no, no. This is like um, beginning of the, the week before. Okay, yep. So you gave Maybe yourself a week. Tuesday. You gave yourself just under a week to sell the car. Yes. And the guy said, you know, it's not easy to sell a car and I said just give me until Monday I'll ring you that's what I said Yep. so I just prayed and prayed and prayed with ulcers all over my mouth it was very stressful and then I managed to sell the car on Sunday and I got the money on Monday and I transferred straight away to the leasing company when you sold the car was it easy to sell the car? Only one person came and he bought it. Yes. Wow. It was almost like straightforward. God sent that bloke to you. He bought it. Mm. You went and paid mm. the de- debt off. When you saw God doing things like that for you, and it was last minute really, wasn't it? I mean, it went right down to the wire. They were going to come and repossess the car. Is that correct? Yes, yes. And that would have put a black mark over your name? Yeah. And this was a car? No, no, not my name. I actually, because I didn't know, but... It's part, how to say, the car leasing is not under my name. So actually, I can just, you know, not doing anything. But it's still part of, you know, part of being married. So I have to do something about it. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, and what would you say to someone as we close today, Lizzie? What would you say to somebody who's going, maybe a, a single mother or someone who's listening who's going through hard times about trusting God? Just do it. Just come to him and ask him to be the husband for you. And he's a good husband, isn't he? Very good. He looked after and cared for you better than the husband you've got now, I believe. It's true. <laughs> but you've got to remember, God as a husband has a lot more resources than Lloyd as a husband. <laughs> he, you are good. You're pretty good. <laughs> he gave us each other to learn from. and to, That's it. And we learn much from each other. Uh, and we've yes. had a good time through the years. We've had challenges, but it's been a good time. Well, I think marriage is to shape us into someone that he, he wants us to be. It's not just about being happy, you know, being married, but it's a, a character-building experience. <laughs> Especially when you're married to Lloyd. <laughs> God bless you, Liz. I think that's enough. We'll talk, yeah. we'll talk again another time. See you soon. Hey, hey Liz. All right, Diane. See ya. Don't, don't hang up until the uh, video podcast is finished uploading. Thanks, Liz. Sure. See ya. No worries. Bye. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Ah, the best interview I've done since we started this radio program. Uh, it was a ripper. Actually, uh, it's a funny thing. You marry someone you enjoy talking to, don't you? Yes, that's you know? true. And, and I that's enjoy true. talking to Lizzie. This next song yes. by Don Muan, I Just Want to Be Where You Are. We've played this one a few times. I like it. It's, like about, it. it's about being in the presence of Jesus. And Lizzie, one thing I know about Lizzie is she went through that journey. She went through it with Jesus.
nice song. Very nice song. Mm, Always okay, enjoy that nice. one. Ask the Aussie pastor, hunty. Ah, yes. We've had 55 days for questions to be sent in. Have they? Have we got, actually, we've got more questions that we can put up today, correct? Yeah, and we've got an absolutely curly one for you. First up. Number one, you're not even going to give me time to... No, it's straight into the fire. Oh, straight into then, the mate. fire. Okay, hi. Uh, actually, ask the Aussie pastor is what? It's the segment where you get to ask the Aussie pastor any question you like. I mean, this is a Christian radio program, so I guess Jesus, God, and the Bible is good, but he will take any question you want to send forward. And if you want to send questions through, where do you put If that? you'd like to send questions through to us, it's simple, 0488-880-851, that's the text or SMS number, or you can email us in the information, the info, sorry, the email address is info at aussiepastor.com. Oh, I was wondering whether you'd remember that. I got a little tongue-tied there. Did you remember it, or have you got that written down? Oh, I've got it written down. Uh, <laughs> go for it, mate. Okay, so curly one first. This is a curly of questions. Yeah, okay. Probably the most curly one ever. It says, Hi, I've been married for eight years. My wife and I were very intimate sexually before we got married. But since that time, she's only wanted that kind of intimacy when we've been trying for children. Lately, she hasn't shown any sort of interest in intimacy with me at all. It's been six months since we last were intimate, and lately, I've turned to pornography for relief. Is this wrong? I love my wife. I know she loves me. I also am faithful to her, and I know she is faithful to me. She just doesn't enjoy sex as much as me. That's a fair income question. I know it is. Uh, I mean, before God, I can tell you, we never made that up. That's no Dorothy, Dorothy Dix. <laughs> no. well, I don't make questions I'm like st- that. I'm staring at the username and the phone number, and I know... I know you don't know this person. <laughs> um, I, I, I would say this. Uh, there's a couple of things I, I notice here. Number one, they yep. were intimate before marriage. Big mistake. Well, they might not have been Christians when they... It doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Christian or not, um, God designed us to be intimate after marriage. So that was the first mistake. Um, the wife not showing any interest, I... Don't know what to say there. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a counsellor, hunty. I really haven't got any comment or any advice there. I don't know what to say. Um, maybe, I mean, anything I say would be trite. Mm. Romance her more? Are you romancing her? Are uh, you serving her? Do you know what I mean by that, hunty? I, I, think, you doing- of, I think the answer this, 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 intro, this uh, listener's after is, more to do with can he take matters into his own hands with pornography? Well, even before we go there, though, um, I have an old mate in New Zealand, old Ronnie, been trying to get him on here, actually do some interviews. Yep. And he used to talk to me about the love bank. And, I, you know, I don't know whether you've ever heard of the love bank or not, but every time you do something that <laughs> serves your wife, that brings her joy and happiness, you're putting money in the love bank. Not That's real it. cash, but, you know. That's it. Um and there are rewards for that. And what I mean by that is um, women and men work differently when it comes to sexuality. Men are, are very visual. Women are very emotional. And so even before we go into the pornography thing, I, I, I think if, if you romance your wife and step back and see how you're treating her, and I'm not saying you're mistreating her either, I don't know. But I'm saying that if you do things for a woman who loves you and you're married to her, normally uh, the sexual side of your relationship is fairly smooth. If she's feeling 
somewhat resistant for because of different things in the marriage, well, then things can start to get a bit rocky. That's mm. about all I've True. got to say about True. that, Hunty. But the love bank's a big True. deal, isn't it? It is. Put it money is. in the love bank. Serve your life, wife. What love they her. say aphrodisiacs are, doing the dishes and the vacuuming. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, there's, also, there's also another funny side to that one, too. They say... Um, now, careful. Oh, be very careful. They also say that your wife will never argue with you while you're doing the chores. <laughs> <laughs> My wife sent me that the other day. But there's no doubt. I mean, if you're doing things that bring your wife joy... Yes. ...then your relationship physically usually doesn't have a problem. And the other thing I'd say this, Hunty, before we go into the pornography, I would say it's very important to talk these issues through with your wife. Husband and wife. And if you've got issues with this and it's not working out, sit down with your wife at an appropriate time, not when you're mad and frustrated and, 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 and getting annoyed about the whole thing. Sit down, maybe over a meal or something, and, and talk openly about it. I wonder if there are any environmental factors at play here. I mean, I was reading the other day that that social media is making girls hate their bodies and hate themselves. Well, there's a whole lot of things that could be I in there, I wonder, if, I wonder if this husband is just a victim to society. I don't know. I, yeah. feel, I feel like us two Aussie bogans are opening a box here. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Perhaps we shouldn't go too much. I, li- I like to be classified as an Aussie bogan. That's a proud species. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps we're... I think, we're, I think we've said enough on that. Look, right. on the pornography, simple. Yes. This is simple. Don't go there. That dishonours your li- wife. It disrespects her. Um, Matthew 5, Jesus is very clear. If you look at a woman other than your wife and you lust after her, Jesus says this, this is Jesus, you have lusted after her in your heart and committed adultery. Now, now, uh, Jesus is very clear. Look at another woman. Pornography is all about the visual. It's all about looking. It's all about watching. Look at another woman. Watch. You participate in adultery with that woman, even if it be online. So I'm just coming straight out. This is pretty, pretty straight up and down, black and white. Don't go near pornography. It will destroy your relationship with your wife. It will destroy your sexual relationship with your wife, not just your physical, mental one. And you know what? They reckon it even, pornography even, leads men to a place where they can't perform, where they can't. Wow. Yeah, so there's a lot of reasons not to go for pornography. Your brain is not designed for it. It's not good. Man, run from that stuff as fast as you can. And I hope whoever wrote this is listening now. Don't touch pornography. It it, it, it it will bring no satisfaction mm. and no comfort. And rot your mind. Yep. Mm. So there you go, Hunty. You know what? I thought we were going to escape today without any questions about COVID. Oh. But I guess this <laughs> listener knows some Christians who are anti-vaxxers. And their question is, is there anything in the Bible or in prophecy uh, about COVID related to the last days? Oh, yeah, there is. Jesus talked in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 about um, pandemics sweeping the planet at the end of time. I believe COVID is a fulfilment of the prophecy of Jesus. Other than that, my answer would be no prophetic interpretation should be really read into re-COVID. If you are a Christian, you choose to take the vaccine, God bless you. You choose not to, God bless you, that's your choice. It is not a biblical prophetic matter. It is a, 
personal health one, and we need to be we need to be very very clear about that. That's why in our church, Hunty, whether you're vaccinated or not, at New Hope, you yep, are welcome. welcome. You are we welcome. love you, and it means nothing really. That's right. I mean, we have our personal views, of course, but our personal views. I would never try to impress upon my anybody my personal view. I'll share them, mm. but I certainly won't try to push it on someone. And I don't uh, think that someone who gets or doesn't get vaccinated is any better or worse than the next person. That's right. N95 mask, triple vaccinated, and I'm good to go. <laughs> I, I was the one who... Was I the one who uh, converted you to the N95 mask? Um, actually, I've been following them for ages, but yeah, you did tip me over. I gave you a little... You, you, you know what? Me over the edge. I had at church a genuine N95 mask on Sabbath, and I think I almost asphyxiated myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was very... You were the only one in church who could take this off when you preach. Yeah, and I was grateful too, I can tell you what I mean. I mean, those things are really hard to breathe in. But yeah, no, nah, look, look, uh, um, rest easy. Uh, it's an issue of health. All righty, well... Actually, I want to say something more about that, Auntie. Yep. If anyone comes to you and tries to make out that the vaccine is some mark of the beast thing to take no notice. Yep. That's, that's just not rooted in good prophetic biblical interpretation. All right, this next question kind of takes Auntie on to the other wants one. to move on pretty well, quick. Well, no, it's just... Um, <laughs> yeah, this, moving this, on. This next question is part of the same issue. Yeah. Did Jesus send uh, this virus as a punishment for wickedness? Oh, look, I would suspect not. Um. That's a pretty complex question. There's no doubt some of the judgments of God will visit the earth in the end times for men's wickedness. Um, the virus is a virus, and these viruses and these pandemics have been striking mankind since almost the fall of man, hunty. Mm. world's a pretty hostile place. Yep. Pretty random stuff happens, which is evil. Uh, I think there's a much better chance that Satan sent this stuff than Jesus. There you go. There you go. I don't think Jesus is in necessarily to 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 um, bring. A f- Look, good people have died from the virus, hunty. We know many born again Christians who love the Lord Jesus who have died from the virus. Did God send that to smite them? I don't think so, my friend. All right, moving on. That reeks of Satan, doesn't it? It does. It yeah. does. Okay. Uh, righteous indignation, I think, is where we're heading here. Are Christians allowed to get angry about the way they're treated in the media and the press? For example, uh, Brian from Hillsong's getting caned at the moment, and the headmaster from the City Point Christian College is getting shot at too. It's pretty easy when you're a Christian and you're on social media to get angry. Yes. But the bottom line is don't. I agree. The people that you're getting angry with are people who don't know Christ. That's it. Don't have his influence upon them. Don't make decisions knowing Christ. If anything, feel sympathy, empathy, and have a heart for them. I, I, I look, it's, it's easy to get angry though, Hunty. Oh, yeah. I, I've, <laughs> I've experienced it myself where I feel anger at the way Christians or someone's been. Tra- I, I mean, I, I used to get a little bit angry about um, Falau. Remember him? What was yeah, his yeah, name? Yeah. The, Israel, the footy Israel player. Israel Falau, the footy yeah. player. I, I thought he was very unjustifiedly. Very, very treated very unjustly, but it doesn't achieve anything. Anger does not achieve anything. And people, you know, what does the Bible say? A soft word turns away wrath. So don't get angry. Even though you may feel it, you might be getting frustrated, don't do it. In fact, your reaction to people who are attacking you online can often be a great catalyst to show them Jesus and to win them to him. Mm. Mm. You know, tolerance is the key. Yeah, Mm. and kindness and grace. kindness. In fact, often people who yell the loudest for tolerance are sometimes the most intolerant. Oh, you've told that to me. 
Yeah, all yeah. right. Yeah, it's true too, isn't it? <laughs> but but we have to beat. The bottom line is, no matter how intolerant those who are who oppose us and our cause are, we have to show tolerance and love. I mean, look at the way Jesus treated those who were crucifying him on the cross. What did he say? Father, forgive them. As they're crucifying, they're driving nails through his hands. Yeah. Father, forgive them, them, for they know no, not what, what they, they do. do. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Funny you should say that, because the next question is about Matthew twelve forty, where Jesus went to the tomb for three days and three nights, when in fact he was only there for somewhere around 36 hours. I guess this person's being a bit picky. What are your thoughts on the Can you read that question again? I didn't. Yeah. What does it mean when Matthew, I guess in Matthew 12, verse 40, says that Jesus would be in the tomb for three days and three nights, when in fact he was only there for somewhere around 36 hours? Okay. Yep, I did see that question before we came online, and it's a question I want to deal with next week in a Bible study, and Fair I'm enough. going to say about that. Fair I actually enough. know the answer, but it's one that deserves a bit more time than we've got today. All righty. Now, you hold me accountable to that, oh, well. I'm not just flicking the ball no. on there. No, we've been, uh, we were very uh, dutiful last year. Yeah, very diligent. All the dil- yes, all the questions that came up, we wanted to extend the Bible yeah, study. I want, to, I want to do a little Bible study on that next yep. week. Yep. yep. All right, what version of the Bible do you use? Um, I use. Is this a question? Is it? It's a question. Yeah. I use NLT. Yep. NKJV. Yep, me too. KJV. Yep. Not much anymore, but yep. I do use it. And NIV. Yep. But I'm open to any version. Yeah, exactly. I like the RSV. I, in fact, I'm a great Bible lover, and I love all the different versions. I even like the the compilations, um, like the Living Bible and the Message and the Clear Word. Clear Word is not even really a compilation. It's a, an expanded paraphrase. There's a little bit added. It's more like a worship book. But if it's got anything to do with the Bible and it's rooted in the Bible, I'm going to enjoy it. And I love the versions. I love the new versions, hunty. Yep. Because I can understand them yeah, better. Same, same. I mean, go and read the book of Hebrews in the NLT and read it in the KJV, and you're going to find a lot easier to understand in the language of our day. Of course you do. Uh, I actually think it's a wicked thing when people go around and say, oh, you can only use the KJV. It's kind of like the, the, the Church of Rome in the old days saying you can only read the Bible from the Latin, and no one understood the Latin. <laughs> yes, that makes no sense. And it makes true. no sense to say, oh, you can only read the Bible from the KJV. It's the only accurate version. Well, it's not true. It's patently not true. Um, you, you can read from any version. You can feel very safe. And the easier it is for you to understand, the more you should read that version. But, yeah, for me, NLT, love the New King James because I was brought up mm, on that. Me too, the like the NIV, RSV. I like, mate, I like them all, the Living Word, the Living Bible. Love them all. I love it. You know what I like? I like the CEV. Mm-hmm. That is a really contemporary English version. Yep. I've really been enjoying re- reading that Bible lately. So I'm online. I, I'm on Bible, there's a few, Bible Gateway, Bible Gateway. Yep. there's quite a few different Bible programs you can yep. go on to, yep. where you've got multiple translations, so I do my study in the morning, I'm studying from maybe four, five, six, or more translations, yep. especially when I come across a scripture I can't understand. Yep. Yeah. Always a good call. Yeah. Last question. Yep. Uh, was Jesus tempted by the flesh? No, there's a few of these sorts of questions today, isn't there? I mean, lots of there's lots of things. Even the musicals, Jesus Christ Superstar, kind of intimates that Mary Magdalene and Jesus were more than friends. The Bible says Jesus was tempted in all points, such as we were. Right. right. Um, what that actually means, and unpacking that, well. Jesus suffered temptation. Because I don't have an insight into Jesus' mind, I can't tell you exactly what the temptations were, but he suffered temptation. I know some of them. He was tempted at the cross not to go. So that was a temptation. I know when he went into the wilderness, um, in Matthew 3, I think it is, uh, he was tempted there three times, severely. 
Mm. And he always stood up to temptation. He always overcome for the same power we Absolutely. can overcome by Absolutely. that through the power of God. So was he tempted like we are? Yeah, he was. We're at a, we're at a crossroads now. Okay. We could jump into our next song, or we could skip it and go to our next interview. No, we're going to the song. Alrighty. The next song is by Tammy Larson, and it is I Love to Tell the Story. since day one, haven't we? We have. It's a great privilege for me today. We've got, now I'm going to get this right, Dr. Dr. Hensley Gungadoo. No, no, Hensley. I'm working on a doctorate and I hope to be able to pass one day, <laughs> but it's just Hensley. How far away from that doctorate are you? 
Well, I'm hoping by next year I should be done. I've written the hermeneutics part of the doctorate, which is the hardest part. And now, you know, if the lecturers that I'm working with are happy, then I can carry on analyzing the Gospel of Luke. Some characters, the Gospel of Luke, uh, according to those hermeneutics. So, that, so you're doing your doctorate on, on the Gospel of Luke? Yes, yes. I think some of these Bible writers are going to be very surprised when we get to heaven and they see how much study their books of intense study their books Can have come under. Can you believe that? You know? Yeah, it says I only I only wrote so many words and you wrote eighty thousand words on what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> now you're a you're a, a lecturer at Avondale University, correct? Yes, I'm a lecturer at Avondale. And just remind us what you actually uh, major in as you teach. So I uh, currently teach exegesis, exegesis of the New Testament, and also teach some practical units. So this exegesis on this subject today, this should be right down your alley. It's it's a hard topic. It's a hard topic. It's not easy. No, we're going to talk about the Trinity. I actually got you on especially for this. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) That's all right. And I think we'll get into it. Look, we'll try and keep it as simple as possible, but we are talking about a complex issue, and that's we're talking about the nature of God, really, aren't we? Who is God? Yeah. And this one has been really, uh, uh, it's been an area of contention for almost 2,000 years. That would be fair to say, wouldn't it? Almost from the time Jesus went back to heaven, they've been talking on this one. Uh, well, uh, you know, a little bit later with Arius and Athanasius, and since the problem of Arius and Athanasius, we have been talking about that ever since. Yeah. Oh, let's get into it. I'll ask you, yeah, yeah. I'll ask you right from the, if we can go just right back to the beginning in simple words, and, and just very briefly, and, and isn't that a, a, a way to introduce this very briefly, <laughs> but can you explain to us what the Trinity is? So now I'm asking so the bloke in the street would understand what we're saying. What is a Trinity? Yeah, I have a smile at that question because there is no easy answer. And, and, and you've said it already before. We are here talking about the nature of God. There's no easy answer. The other thing that we like to talk about is the idea of being humble when we talk about those things. And the, 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 the way of being humble is to look at what everybody else has said before you. Mm. You know, we're not the last word. We're not, we're not, we won't be the ultimate word. So you look at everything that has been said before you. The problem is you've already said it we have to go back to about 2,000 years you know so uh, you are asking me to s- give a, a short quick snappy answer yes I am <laughs> 2,000 words of, of debate 2,000 years of debate that's you know? right that's right <laughs> that's right you know uh, so, so what we're saying is that there is one God yep Father, Son and Holy Spirit a unity of three co-eternal people is that simple enough for you? so one God or three gods? No, one God. Okay. There is, there are, there are three co-eternal separate persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Can I ask you a question offline here? In other words, I never let you know this. I'm asking you cold. Is it similar to like when someone gets married where two people become one? Is, is that the sort of, or is that incorrect? No, no, no. You see, like, like I was listening to your previous, um, caller, I mean, your questions, yep. and I have a little bit thing of that, but that's, that's my own reflection. It's not Avondale's reflection, it's not the theology department, yeah. it's not, you know, the, the, the Seventh-day Adventist church for which I work, yep. uh, it's, it's my own personal reflection. Actually, 
Uh, I think that, uh, you know, in a minute, simple, little way, um, it is a bit like that, you know, like two people become one, two people that are two different people, you know, they have their own personalities, they, yep. they become one. And, and, and furthermore, you know, the question that was asked to you triggered a couple of things in my yes. head, in that, uh, where do you experience that oneness? It's, you know, in, in, in intimacy, and I think, I think, I hope that you will ask me, why does the doctrine of the Trinity matter? you know mm-hmm. uh, at, at some stage and I, you know I thought that you would ask me and when you you, you, you you talk I mean I heard the previous call I'm thinking that there is no place where you experience the beauty the togetherness and the closeness of two individuals as you do in intimacy it's, it's a place where two individuals really become one mm-hmm. yeah you know uh, and and again you know you know, it's my own personal view. I'm not saying that it's a doctrine of the church. It's just my own thing, you know. And, and that's why, again, I will encourage your previous um, question to do everything to fix uh, that uh, the problem of intimacy. You're talking not about to run the pornography, like pornography, the pornography and yeah, things, you know. Yeah. Because, because the pureness of what God has given us is beautiful. It is. And the more you can experience the purity of it, the better your marriage is. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so just simply then, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are three different persons. Yes. But they make up one God. Yes. A little, a little, and it's not entirely accurate, but a little bit like Lisca and I are two different people, but we make up one family. Again, you know, I'm always worried about using uh, human anal- analogy because we're talking about God. Mm. But, but, but yeah, two different people, two different personalities, but oneness. There is a word, and I know some people don't like the word, and I'm not going to be, you know, too dogmatic about the word. Yep. The word is perichoroting, which means yep. dancing together. Yep. Uh, when you dance together, you are in one sync, you are together, you know, you can't be out of sync, or else it's, it becomes a total joke, you know. I've got two left feet, I don't dance, you know. Uh, but but when two people are dancing and it's it's beautiful, they are together. They're the togetherness. Okay, I like that. So the father has his own personality, the son has his personality, and the spirit has his. But they dance together. They are in unity, doing things for humanity. In fact, the unity is so tight that when one speaks, the other speaks. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. In fact, they even claim the same terms. Is that, can I say that? What do you mean by that? Well, you can see, uh, say, Isaiah 9-6, where you've got a prophecy of Jesus, and he's called Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father. Yes, yes, yes. You know, a lot lot of the terms that are used for God the Father are used for God the Son. Yes. yes. That's kind of what I mean. For example, the word uh, Lord uh, is the term that's used for Yahweh uh, in the Old Testament. Yeah, so Yahweh could mean, uh, well, Yahweh means God. Yeah. And who is God? God the Father, God the Son, the God the Holy Spirit. Can I ask you a question just before we get into this? And we might have to leak this over to a couple of meetings with you, mate, like we often do, because we'll run out of time. <laughs> that's all right, because this is interesting. That's, and we're we're, we're stuff, unpacking yes. this. Um, yeah. we, we, but incidentally, we haven't talked about this before we come live on radio, so we, this is very spontaneous. Um, did the Old Testament prophets, did they believe and have an understanding of the Trinity? You see, like, when you read the Old Testament, uh, it is quite clear that in the, all, in the, the Trinity is explicit in the New Testament mm-hmm. and implicit in the Old Testament. Mm. 
Okay, you look at a couple of texts, for example, in Genesis 1, verse 26, it says, Let us make men. Uh, in so our if, if you go back to the original language there, that us, what does that actually mean? Well, us means a plurality. You, you, you're not talking to yourself, you know? You're is, talking is it to somebody only, else. Is it only two or is it three or we don't know? Or? Well, we don't know, but, but at least it's not one. It's more than it's one. More than it's one. more than one, you know, let us. You Make know? man in our own image. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. So, so what you're saying is the Old Testament guys, they kind of knew about it. But in the New Testament, it becomes very clear. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, what I'm saying is that in the Old Testament, it is impl- implicit. In the New Testament, it is explicit. I mean, we shouldn't be too worried about that because, for example, the high priestly ministry of Christ is explicit in the New Testament, but implicit in the yeah, Old Testament. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of things that we can see like that. Yeah, no, in other words, the New Testament opens up the Old Testament. That's how it's supposed to work, isn't it? Yeah, it, it reveals the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's how it's supposed old, to work. Yeah. When did the t- Trinity doctrine, uh, one God expressed in three entities, three persons, when did the Trinity doctrine find acceptance in the Christian church? Was it really from the beginning? I mean, as Jesus goes back into heaven, are the disciples and the apostles Trinitarians? I thought we weren't throwing curveballs today. (laughs) 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 Look, uh, there, there are many answers to that. When I read the New Testament, it is quite clear that the New Testament writers believed in the Trinity. Uh, Jesus would say that you might baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm. Okay, uh, you will see that again um, in the in, yeah, that's you see in the Great Commission uh, in, at the at the Christ baptism. You see all three entities yeah. present. Yeah. You know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. So when you look at that, you say, "Hey, well, you know, the New Testament writers." Uh, understood the concept of the Trinity. Second thing that I think that the New Testament writers understood the concept of the Trinity is, let me ask you a question uh, here, Lloyd. Who can give the best witness about you? Yourself. Or someone close to you. You see, when somebody close to you give a witness, say something about you, you will say... I mean, if your wife, if I ask your wife and she says something nice about you, I say, you are, you are his wife, you'll have to say something nice about him. However, if your enemy says something okay. nice about you, yeah. that means that what he has said is true. Yep. Consistently, in the New Testament, the evil spirit refers to Jesus as God. Yeah. Okay, so consistently. So I had a debate with a guy that said, oh, you know what, you know, there's no Trinity in the New Testament. And I said, what do you make of the enemy's witness? Consistently the evil spirit are saying that Jesus, are testifying that Jesus is God. Okay, so that makes me understand that from the beginning, the New Testament writers agreed that there was a Trinity. Actually, what is amazing about what I was just thinking as you were saying that is not only did they acknowledge Jesus was God, those demon spirits who mocked at Mm. times the apostles and the disciples never once went up hard against Jesus. They were scared, they were afraid, and they were obedient. Yep. Because it was, yep. yeah, 
Um, and 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 you see, like it's it's like it's like they had a demonic version of Twitter or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, like the one guy meets Jesus, he's completely ob- obliterated, and then whatever he says, the other guy says the same thing. You know, uh, what have you come to do? Have you come to destroy us? You know. Yeah. So it's like you know, <laughs> hey, we've got somebody who's stronger than us. You know, gone on demonic Twitter or whatever equivalent they had of that. You know. Yeah, yeah. And and Jesus was never afraid of the day. He was respectful. But never afraid. Um, never. Is Jesus God then? Yes, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. The Bible testifies about that. Uh, you know. Um, Are you saying Jesus is eternal? In other I'm words, Jesus- has Jesus always existed? Well, John chapter 1 tells us that he is eternal and he's always existed. There are many texts in the Bible, in the New Testament, that attest the, the, the eternity of Jesus. He was there in eternity with God. Does they Je- are co-eternal. Does Jesus have as much power as God? As much authority? And I'm talking when I say God the Father. Jesus has as much power and authority as God the Father. They were, remember, they, they are co-equal. So then why on, earth, why on earth, did, why while he was on earth did Jesus pray to the Father? Why does it seem while he was on earth he submitted himself to the power and the authority of the Father? Did he ever say, my Father is greater than I? What's that about? Well, you, you've, you've, um, you've answered the question uh, through your question. Okay. Uh, during the time that he was on earth, uh, Jesus was incarnate. He became man. He lived among us. And, and later on, I'm hoping you ask me why does the Trinity matter? And yeah. we'll talk about, yep. about that one, you know. Yep. But while he was here, he was incarnate. He, um, while being fully God, he didn't take uh, the expression of being God. He became like one of us. So he's walking so around as a human being. As a human being, he lived, he was hungry, he was thirsty, he was tired, and in the state of human, as, as a human, he called on the help of God. Did he put his Godhead aside, or was it still there? No, it, it was still there, you know. He just didn't, but, he but, just didn't use it or claim it? Is, is that how, how it went? He didn't claim it for himself. But he, you know, called, he, didn't, but, but he, he didn't use it for himself. He didn't change. He, he, he didn't change bread into. Uh, he didn't change stones into bread. He didn't do anything to help himself at, uh, while he was on earth. When he changed stones into bread, was he using his power, the power of of the Father, or we're not sure? No, he didn't. He didn't what? He didn't change stones into bread. Okay, it, it, yeah, that's right. But if he could, if he did, if he could, could he have done it? He has never used his divine power to help himself okay, while he was. Let me requestion that. Let me requestion that because it was confusing. When God, when Jesus, uh, took two fishes and five loaves and multiplied yeah. it for thousands of people, was he using his power? Sorry, or was he using God the Father? So that's what I was trying to get at. Sorry, I got that confused. That's a tricky question, but I would say he was using the power of the Godhead. Okay, so when he died, he said, uh, he says, um, I will lay my life down. Yes. And he says, I will take it up. Yes. Did Jesus resurrect himself? <laughs> Didn't we agree with no curveballs today, you know? <laughs> I'm actually asking some of the questions that those who don't believe in the Trinity throw at hmm. people pretty regularly. 
You see, like when he says, I will resurrect myself, he shows the power of the divinity in him. He shows the power of God in him. So okay? basically, basically he was saying, I'm going to be resurrected by God and I am God. So whether the Father does it, whether I does it, doesn't matter. I am, mm. you know, I am part yes. of God who is the resurrection. That's why he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He's not saying just himself. He's saying God is the res- Is that correct? God is the resurrection yeah, and the and, life. And, and you've used those, those, the term that, that the Gospel of John used. Uh, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. I am, you know, um, and, and, and the use of the word I am again takes us to a claim that he is God because who is the I am in the Old Testament? It is God who is I am. Is, is that, God is that who reveals he, himself? Sorry, go on, go on. I don't want to interrupt. No, no. I say it's God who reveals Himself to the Israelites as the I Am. So He comes later on and He reveals Himself as I Am. I mean, it's 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 a it's a formidable thing that He reveals Himself as I Am. I mean, you see, like I Am means that you can now add a subject to it. You know, when, when a, Jesus an says, to it. when just say, listen, so when Jesus says I Am, He's actually saying I Am Yahweh. Yes. I am God eternal. I am the God that was there in Egypt delivering you from the hands of the Egyptian. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the That's God right. of Moses. I'm the one who led you through the desert. Mm-hmm. So is that why when he said that, the Jewish Pharisees and Sadducees wanted to kill him? Because they knew that he was claiming to be God. Well, you know. Uh, as soon as, as as he said that, as soon as he started forgiving people's sin, they wanted to kill him. Yeah, that's right. That's mm. right. Okay, look, I'm going to ask you, one, can we get you back next week? Because I'm, I'm throwing curveballs everywhere and we're taking <laughs> our time up. Have you, have you got time next week to come back? Sure. Um, Always time to talk to you, Hunty. <laughs> thank thank you mean, very much, Hensley. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> um, is the doctrine of the Trinity... Salvational. In other words, do you have to believe it to be saved? What a question to end. What a, what a question to end on today. Look, salvation comes from Jesus, and 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 if I understand the gospel, He wants all of us to be saved. Yeah, we're not saved by doctrine, uh, uh, or this doctrine or that doctrine. Uh, why is the doctrine of the Trinity important? Is we, we can we can look at that maybe next week if you want to. Okay, so but, you think we need more time to open that up? On, well, we, 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 I mean, uh, we, we can talk, but I think, you know, but, uh, the, the thing is, a doctrine will not, never save you. No doctrine saves. But, Jesus saves. But do you need to believe that Jesus is God? Do you need to believe in the Father? And do you need to believe in um, the third person of God, the Holy Spirit, to be saved? I need to believe that Jesus came down to die for my sins to be saved. Do you, need to, be, I do you to need to believe that the Holy Spirit will enter you, possess you, and take you to a born-again place? The role of the Holy Spirit is important. What he does for us is important. Uh, again, you know, if I go according to what the Bible says, I need to believe that Jesus Christ came, he 
took away my sin and right now he's at the right hand of God interceding on my behalf. Jesus saves. No doctrine saves. Okay, I'm going to push you more on that next week. Okay, sure, no problem. <laughs> but I love having you here. And this, for me, this is a fascinating subject. Glad to have you here today, um, Pastor Hensley Gungadu. Thank you um, very much. We'll have you here next week to finish this. Well, who knows? We could go to three parts <laughs> on this. Right. So yes, yes, it's, yes. Such an, it's such an incredible uh, discussion, isn't it, on, on who God is. Um, you see, those curveballs is why I prefer talking to Hunty. <laughs> <laughs> God bless you, mate. God bless you, mate. See okay, you next thank week. Thank you so much. Yeah? <laughs> okay, then. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. I want to be more like Jesus, BJ Thomas, I reckon one of the best songs going around. Amen. Ripper. And I am so, so sad that that guy has moved on. He's gone to sleep and he's waiting for Jesus. That's right. Um, this interview I've been waiting for a long time to get this young lady. Her yes. name is Jeremy. Now, I don't know whether it's going to be Heidman or Sonico. And I don't, probably haven't said that right. Jeremy, welcome. Hi. Hello. Can you hear me all right? Yes, oh, yeah, we thank can. You. We can now. For those of you who don't know, we can see her, but you can't. But we're, we're listening, and this will be one of those. Unless you're watching the podcast later on, yeah, that's on right. our social media channels. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how do we say your name, Jeremy? What do we know you I, by? Well, I was known to Jeremy Seneco. Now it's Jeremy Seneco Heitman. 
Oh, okay. That's how it goes. Where were you born? Are you an Aussie? Because you sound like, you actually sound like one. (laughs) No, I'm from the Philippines. I just got here two months ago. How long have you, Um, how long have you been on this earth? Because you're looking very young to me. I'm 22, turning 23 this year. Okay, now, okay, so you're from the Philippines. Whereabouts in the Philippines do you come from? Oh, uh, well, my parents originally are from the southern part of the Philippines called, uh, it's an island called Mindanao. And then, but I grew up in Manila. I know Mindanao. Do you speak Cebuan? Yeah, Cebuano, yes. How, how do you say it? How do you say it? Okay, so if I say, uh, Cebuano. If, I, if I say to you, Ma'ayong Gabi. Yeah, Ma'ayong Gabi is good evening. <laughs> or Ma'ayong Buntag or Ma'ayong Hapun. <laughs> yeah, Ma'ayong Buntag is good morning, Ma'ayong Hapun is good afternoon. So how many languages do you speak then? Uh, I uh, I speak Tagalog, Cebuano, and I can also speak a little bit of Ilongo. So Ilongo is also a dialect in uh, the middle part, but yeah, it's just a little bit sweeter. <laughs> and you and you speak perfect English. How is that? <laughs> Thank you, praise God. And uh, well, uh, I I just really love speaking in English. And of course, I've been with my husband for a little while. We've been talking for. Uh, ages. So has he, has he like helped your fluent. English? Has he helped your English? Has he? Yeah, he did. He did. But uh, even before I met him, I already love. Even at my class, it's like my favorite subject, and I love speaking uh, an uh, an English with an accent. So that's probably why. Uh, and and I got you know I because I travel a lot. I met a lot of foreigners back then that I have to speak English with. And when I was little, it became a challenge to me. That's why I said to myself, I have to learn how to speak in English. And when I was growing up, I was just keen to learn the language even more. So when you're at home, do you speak English with your parents or you speak in... No, no. They speak to me in Cebuano, but I respond to them in Tagalog. <laughs> okay, so t- 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 how do you say that? Tagalog. That is the Tagalog. Fil- is that the Philippine national language? Yes, that's language? the Filipino. Yes, that's the national language, basically, yes. Actually, I went to Mindanao. Oh, where in Mindanao? Oh, I went to Ozama City. Oh, Ozamas. I'm a little bit far from that. Uh, my parents, my dad is from General Santa City. Is that down south? M- yeah, it's still a part of the south. And my mom's from Davao. Does that mean you come from a, a dangerous area of the Philippines? Cause no, n- no, not really. Uh, the dangerous parts are the maybe, uh, I, I'm, I don't even want to say it. <laughs> yeah, no, fair, let's not go there yeah. then. Yep, no, that's cool. Um, so were you brought up a Christian? Were you brought up a Seventh-day Adventist? Yes, yes. So- I was born a Seventh-day Adventist. Okay, um, and the Philippines is, uh, the Seventh-day Adventist church pretty big in the Philippines? Um, pretty much so. Maybe maybe to me it's big, but when you compare it to other Christian denominations, um, Philippines is more of, uh, consisting of more Catholics in there and other Christian denominations. Maybe a percentage of the Seventh-day Adventists is not much big, but because I grew up in the Adventist family and I've been through a lot of Adventists, so for me, there are a lot of Adventists in the Philippines. Now, um, you are a very famous singer. Um, (gasps) I know you're not going to say that, but I'll say it. You are a very famous singer. Um, Before we get into that, I've got to ask you this one question. Then I want to talk to you about your singing and your ministry. And I want to talk to you a little bit about your romance with your... With your, Aussie, <laughs> with your Aussie boy. I want to find out how this Aussie boy found his Filipino bride, but that, that'll come in a minute. Um, 
how did you meet Christ? Because you were born a you're born a Seventh Day Adventist Christian doesn't mean yeah. you met Christ. Just yeah. tell us briefly your story about how you met Christ, were converted. Uh, well, I got baptized when I was thirteen. Before that, I was already doing ministry. Uh, before that, and then I remember my grandpa was always telling me, "You have to be baptized because you're doing ministry and stuff, and you're not even baptized." But all I think is that I, I, I thought I knew Christ before then. You know, yeah. I thought that because I was, my parents would always bring me to church every Sabbath. I thought I knew Christ. And then there was this thinking in my head that I didn't want to get baptized because if I do get baptized, that means I cannot sin anymore. Okay. And I think a lot, of, a lot of young people think that. Yeah, like, I don't want to get baptized because when I get baptized, uh, I cannot do any more mistakes. You know, that's what my thinking was. But I didn't know. I think I, I, I got baptized when I was 13. It was like a big mass baptism in the Philippines. I was yep. only 13. And then after that, I was always careful with what I was doing because that's what my thinking was. Yeah. I thought I could not sin because I'm already baptized. I should be a new creation. You know, I, I, I should be a new creation because maybe I, I, I get this. I, I misinterpreted a lot of the, you know, a lot of the Bible um or stuff that I heard from the evangelisms where I get invited to sing. But then I met Christ at a point of my life where um, I think that was when my dad had an accident with me. We were going on a mission trip and um, we were riding on a motorbike, single motorbike. We slipped on that. We had an accident. To make the long story short, my dad got bedridden for eight months and wow. nobody was working in the family. Because he was just bedridden, he can't walk or anything. My mom was pregnant, my brother was going into college, and I was just the one who is capable of um, traveling around doing mission trips by myself. And that's when I got to know Jesus more through those evangelisms where I'm attending. And that's where I thought, oh, it, you know, at, the, at that point I understood that not because I'm baptized, I cannot sin anymore. But it just has to be the constant surrender of your life to God every day, even if you make mistakes. But that does not mean that you make mistakes intentionally, but it's only I, I realized more how God's grace was sufficient and that I was already saved when I got baptized. But that does not mean that I cannot do mistakes. You, you know? went on a journey with Jesus with the good and the bad. Yes. And, and he was your friend. Yes. Um, now, I, I said you are a very famous singer, um, and music is in you, but before we talk about your singing, do you play instruments as well? Because I'm suspecting you possibly do. Um, I Not much, because I focus more on the vocals. Yep. I do a little bit of guitar, but I'm not as good as when it comes to singing. But mostly, I, I do write songs, so that's where I'm Oh, at. wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. We'd better go back to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> now, you do sing. How long have you been singing for? You're 22, uh, so how long? I started singing. My dad started training when I was two years old. I started singing when wow. I was three. Started doing mission trips when I was seven. So I basically pretty much all my memories have been singing. I can't remember a time when I was not singing. So, so you, do, do you have a gift to sing or is it something you've, you've learned and trained to do or is it a bit of both? Uh, it's it's basically both, but I didn't really go into like formal training with a school because my dad could not afford it. But what I can remember from my dad's testimonies when I was younger is that they really prayed for a singer when before I was born. 
my dad was really praying for the singer. And so when I was born, he, uh, he discovered my gift in music when I was just 11 months old. He heard me humming the song, Showers of Blessing. Yeah, yeah. And then he, he realized that his prayers were answered. And then after that, I was three years old, they realized that I had a gift of memorization because I suddenly memorized the, nas- the national anthem of the Philippines without them teaching me, with, with me just listening to the neighborhood while it's playing every night. And that's when they knew, oh, we got to train this kid because, you know, she got this. She has a gift of... So it, it was your dad that trained you? Yes, it was my dad, basically. Most um, of it. Most of the time. Yeah. Look, the first time I ever heard you sing, and it was on YouTube, I thought, wow, I've not heard singing like this for some time. I was talking to your husband. Now, you, how yes. long have you been married? A few, not long. Oh, yeah. We're not even uh, one year. Uh, we got married March last year, he, 2021. He told me about the first time he saw you and you were singing. I think he decided on the moment he saw you that if he could, he was going to marry this Filipino singer. <laughs> I, I don't know, but he sounded pretty smitten on the uh, when I was talking to him on the phone about that. Um, you have this really prodigious singing ministry in the Philippines. I doubt there's a Philippine Adventist that doesn't know that Jeremy... Uh, how do you say your last name? Soniko. Soniko. Heitman now. Yeah, Sonico. so they'd know you as Jeremy Soniko. Soniko. Yeah. People know me in the Philippines yeah. as Jeremy Soniko. I doubt there's a Filipino Adventist, and there's thousands of them over there, <laughs> do not know about your singing ministry. Tell us a little bit about your singing ministry in the Philippines. Yeah, so in the Philippines, basically, I get invited to do, um, I, I assist a lot of evangelists and speakers, basically, and I travel around the Philippines, um, Luzon, Visayas, and Mindanao, so I have contacts with the different conferences that we have in the Philippines, and basically, I also have contacts with the Southern Asia Pacific Division, and uh, that ministry became, you know, um, more influential in the Philippines when I got into the singing competition called Tawag ng Tanghalan or the Call of Stage in English. Uh, I, I, I won that um, competition. Uh, I won five days straight, which led me into semifinals. However, due to the conflict of schedules because of, you know, the Sabbath, yeah. um, I, I pulled out from the competition. And that story became really rampant in the Philippines. That's when they were like... Who is this girl? And most of them that I visited before I even joined the competition recognized Ryder. Oh, that was Jeremy. She visited in the church before, you know, like when she was very, very young. And it started, though, when I was really, really young. There was a GC conference session that was held in Manila. And uh, I had to sing that song uh, where uh, Mark Finley was holding that big Bible and I sang the song, Give Me the Bible, in one of the biggest coliseums in the country during that time. I was only about nine years old. And that's when the ministry really popped into the Philippines. And then it got bigger when I pulled out from that competition. There were more invitations that came and that was when um, I got invitations abroad as well. But I, I was able to do some, I was able to visit some Asian countries because uh, of the Filipinos also that were living there. So where have you visited? So, where have you been singing? Um, so I've been to Singapore, uh, Thailand, uh, no, not Thailand, Taiwan, yep. uh, Hong Kong, Macau. Um, yeah, those were like the four countries that I've been to because of singing. But side bits to that, I've been through Malaysia as well and um, 
Indonesia. Have you done any albums yet? Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> when I was very, very young, it was a CD. Uh, I have, and I had just one recently. It was actually on a flash drive. But when I got here in Australia, I left all of them in the Philippines. Oh, we, yeah, we haven't had the time yet to sort it out to put it on a on a like on a media platform or I I that kind of stuff. So was can I butt in here because I think our listeners would love to meet you, and I know you've got a huge Facebook page. Tell us how we can find that. Oh yes, so um, you can just type in Jeremy Sanico J E R A M I E space Sanico as a N I C O, and that you can see a open and close parenthesis official on that page. Same goes with my YouTube channel. It's Jeremy Sinico. I haven't had the uh, like the time to really change it on the married name or something, some of that kind. Because yeah, um, I've just been busy when I got here in Australia. But yeah, that's basically you. Are you, are you a full t- Are you a full time singer? Is that what you do for a living? Uh, yes. Before COVID happened, um, I was doing a full time singing ministry. Yeah, yeah. Not not really a not really a more of entertainment, but more of a singing ministry. So I travel around these. A lot of uh, directors from the different conferences and unions were calling me um, to assist them in their evangelistic series and mission trips around the country, and that had to stop when. Um, COVID came, but then I started doing online ministry as well on my Facebook page. So I'm I was before I got here, I was actually having this program called Musical Sabbath Afternoon, which every Sabbath afternoon I had to do virtual like live uh, music and testimony with the people, and that's how we engage more with the people on Facebook. But it had to stop because when I got here in the in Australia, I had to leave all my equipments, and we're, we were just getting started. Uh, we we rushed this background right here <laughs> last night because of this interview, but I'm glad. Wow! So um, you're in Australia. Before we run out of time, I want to find out about the romance. <laughs> how did you meet your husband? Uh, ages ago, uh, before I before I joined the competition, he went uh, to the Philippines for a mission trip. Well, during that time, of course, uh, I was single. He was with someone, and. Um, we met there. I was singing. He was a, one of the preachers. I was one of uh, the singers. Uh, I was with a singing group. And then we met at a cafeteria. I can barely remember him, but the only time I remember him you was when... barely remember oh. him. Well, I'll tell you something. He remembered you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go on. Yeah. I'm just I barely remember him because the only time I remember him was... When he was in the cafeteria, because that night it was his friend who do like who spoke in the church, not him. So I didn't really know that he was there and everything. But uh, we had a friend, a Filipino friend that's living in Sydney, Australia, and um, uh, they were having pictures and stuff. And I was taking a picture with his friend, and then he was there in front of the table, and I said to him, "Sir, can I take a selfie with you?" That's the only time I remembered him, <laughs> and then. A year after, that's when the news came out about me pulling out from the competition. And, uh, well, based on his based on his story, when he read that story, he realized that he actually met me a year ago. And then he was like, I got to marry. Like, this is the woman that I should marry. And then he started talking to me. And I, I kind of felt weird at first because he just basically. And I also realized, oh, I met this guy. And I, yeah, uh, there were, of course, challenges between 
did, it, did, he have, did he have to work hard to get you on side or did you kind of just... Yes, uh, yes, ah, he had to. Yes, right. he had to. Because I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't really interested at first, but then... He's, uh, a, good, think, he's a good looking dude too. He's yeah, a good looking he dude. Does. But I just didn't think that way. When I met him, I felt that we're not... You know, we're not compatible or some kind of that sort. But then when where he was telling me that, he really prayed about it. And I think that um, the, the thing that I loved about him um, most is that the way he pursued me was not of the typical guys that pursued me before him. Yeah. It's more of... Uh, it's more of biblical stuff. He talks to me a lot about the Bible. And because I am in the ministry, I couldn't get rid of him because he talks to me a lot about the Bible. And I'm like, oh, how could I stop talking? How could I make this guy stop talking to me when he talks to me a lot about you are a princess of the eternal kingdom? Or he tells me about this, this verse. And the only thing that I can remember to him, uh, him saying to me was, uh, him quoting this text from Isaiah saying, for as the heavens and the earth is higher than, the, you know, like that. Uh, so is my way higher than my way and your thoughts higher than my thoughts? And then he told me, maybe one day God will change your heart and you'll marry me. And I was just laughing at him because I thought, no, nah, you, you're, you're all right. You'll, you'll <laughs> give up. But he didn't. So <laughs> here we are. How, how long did it take you to fall in love with him? Uh uh, well, several months to be exact, but we actually were just ministry partners yeah. uh, before we actually started dating. It took us almost two years before we actually started so dating. So tell me who your husband is and what he does. Oh, his name is Scott Michael Hyatman. He's a pastor here in Port Pirie and Kadena Seventh-day Adventist I don't even know where Port Pirie is. Where's that? Yes, it's here in South Australia. Is this Adelaide? So Adelaide? He, no, no. Well, no, not. But it's a part of South Australia. We're far from Adelaide. We're like two hours away from Adelaide. It's so, the countryside. Wow. So here you are. You, you're, you've got this ministry. It is, it is a big, I mean, praise God. It is a big ministry in the Philippines. And you yes. move to Australia, to Port Perry, where I don't even know where that is. And Kadena, Kadena. Kadena. I've heard of them, yeah. but I don't know where it is. So I'm imagining <laughs> a little country town. Man, that is a huge change in your life. What does that mean for you now? And what does it mean for your ministry? Uh, it's, it's basically, it's really a huge step for me, of course. But at the same time, my husband and I have been tackling, like we've talked about things already and we really love doing ministries together. However, I understand that me getting here has to settle first and me, uh, just doing and giving him the support that he needs as well. Cause, you know, we've been separated for more than two years and he, he also needs that support, uh, especially him pastoring the church and everything. You know, we have this question, who pastors the pastor? So uh, as a pastor, he just doesn't have anyone to lean on when I was not here. It was so hard for him. So Mm. I understand that that's a role that I also need to fill in now that I'm here. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that he's not going to support me in the ministry. And and that's why he did this. Like He he actually was the one who did all of these decorations at my back and set this all up for me right now. And and I, I don't see any problem with it because we're just very supportive of one another. And that's what I love about our relationship. Because Will, will, um, mi- will ministry still go in the Philippines? Yes. Uh, well, basically, I cannot really do an actual ministry there. 
uh, there were pastors who were contacting me saying, Jeremy, it's really hard to find somebody to fill in your place because we can't invite someone like you, something like that. They're telling me that. But at the same time, they're like saying, well, it's time for you to actually move further and to do more of your ministry in that country and to actually bless the people around there the way you have blessed the people here. And uh, it will still continue, but on a digital platform. And that's where my husband could really help me because he's doing SEO digital marketing yeah, with the yeah. South Australian Conference and Union and that's something that he's also willing to do for me as well um, to keep my ministry going even now that I'm here in Australia. Yeah, well, it's fabulous to have you here and I'm thinking we're going to hear a lot more of Jeremy Sonico Heitman uh, here in Australia because you're going to start singing um, for the Lord in this great country. I hope and pray, we've already talked to you guys before, that in the not too distant future we can get you to Sydney. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? We're laughs> uh, probably on radio is not the time to do it, but man, I would love it, Hunty, if you could uh, get together with yes. uh, these, visit to these, Hope Church, these two guys and maybe put together another album because oh, yes. you have. I, I would love to see your ministry blossom and really explode like it did in the Philippines because I think you have a lot to offer with your husband in this country and I'm looking forward yes. to it. So thank you so much for joining. Can we get you going again soon? Yeah, I, I actually awesome. want to talk. I want to talk to your husband too. Yes, I actually, yeah. I, I want to talk to you both in the next few weeks. <laughs> Great idea. Can we? Because I think this is a good story. How yes, God bring, brings. I married an Indonesian girl, but I found her in Australia. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a bit of a different story, but it's good when God and she's a beautiful singer too. So it's good wow. it's good when God brings powerful teams like you guys together and you're both young and I think you've got a great future and I hope and pray that we can get you guys up here to Sydney and uh we'll go from there. So thank you Jeremy for joining us. And thank you Pastor Loden. Uh, Brother Andrew, thank you so much. Our pleasure. We'll talk to you and try and get you on again in the next few weeks. Indeed. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. God bless. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Running out, Hunty, all the time. We're running out of time. We've got a minute left. We can have a song? Uh, We've got got a minute left plus time for our last song. Oh, good. We've got plenty of time. Yeah. Yeah, What's our last song, mate? Well... At the, at the cross with Anna, but we've also got queued up, um, it's about the cross with the Ball Brothers. It's your, it's your call. You're the producer. <laughs> go for it, Hunty. All right. I don't well, mind. All right. Well, in our remaining seconds, let's go. It's about the cross by the Ball Brothers. Just about the manger Where the baby lay It's not all about the angels Who sing for him that day It's not all about the shepherds On the bright and shining sun It's not all about the wise men It's about the storm 
It is about wow. the cross, Hunty. It is. Yeah, it's all about the cross. Yeah. I hope you've enjoyed our program today. We're a bit rusty coming back on after uh, 55. 55 days of <laughs> not live. <laughs> no, but man, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed all three guests today. Yeah, me too. Of course, I'm always going to enjoy talking with Liska. Of course. Yeah, uh, her story is amazing, and I really enjoyed. Um, our little section on the oh, Trinity. Hensley, he was we ha- so wise. We have to we have to keep going into that area because it's really important. Yep. yep. Um, and then I hope we see a lot more of Jeremy and her husband in the not yeah. too distant future. Yep. She's really a wonderful singer and got a great little testament, a very bubbly, happy personality. Perhaps we can get one of her songs on next time. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, I'm going to try and see whether we can get her and her husband on next week. And play one of her latest songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'd like to talk more about their romance, the distance, how they did it, because I think any young people listening can learn from another young couple. And they did it hard. They were a long way apart. But anyway, look, thank you for joining us today. Mm. Uh, Look forward to seeing you next week. Before you go, I think I'll say a prayer. Yes, please. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, we thank you that you are with us today. We pray that Jesus will have been uplifted, that everybody will have seen a clearer picture of him and have a desire to follow him more through what we have presented today. Bless our listeners, Lord. Keep them safe in these dangerous times is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Hunty? Yep. My name's Lloyd Groleman. And my name's Hunty. Andrew Hunt, for those who wonder who <laughs> Hunty is. And uh, what? We, we love, love you. you. That's right. We do but love you. We but do love you. But Jesus? God, Jesus. God. Loves Same you thing. so much more. He does love you so much yeah. more. See you next week. See you next time. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, or ways to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 